Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's an exciting time of the year for bowling. That's right, bowling. And without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on that action. I'm going to get in on that action. And we have the best place for you to go, my bookie. For the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand right now, you get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV. That's capital BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Win, get paid, my bookie. Today is Wednesday, April 1st, 2020, the worst holiday known to mankind, April Fool's Day. I never really ever appreciated somebody coming up to me telling me a tragic thing that has happened to me and then saying, ha, just kidding, you stupid bastard. Never really amused me. Just like how this pandemic doesn't really amuse me, though I will say I have finally gotten around to doing things that I've wanted to do for a long time. I've been reading a lot more, been writing songs, been talking to people like today. I talked to Trent Rosecrans, senior writer over at The Athletic, covering the Cincinnati Reds. We talked about baseball writing, his love for Star Wars, how he broke into the journalism profession, and much more. So let's do it here on episode 175, presented by Belly Up Sports. Be sure to follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter at, you guessed it, Belly Up Sports. And this episode of The O Show is always sponsored by TickPick and Mecha Nutrition. Head on over to Mecha Nutrition if you're into banging weights, eating steaks, and sleeping aids by using the promo code OSHOW20, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-20, for $20 off your next order. And head on over to TickPick.com. I mean, at least when uh, things get rocking and rolling again, use the promo code OSHOW10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order at TickPick.com. You should have used TickPick. You bastards talking journalism with Trent Rose fans right now. Coming in hot. Too much. I mean, there's not really that much going on. How's your uh, quarantine cycle cheating you? Oh, you know, same as everybody else. Well, thanks so much for uh, uh, coming on for a short while. I just kind of wanted to get your take, kind of like aspiring uh, sports writer to professional sports writer. Kind of like, like when did you uh, like get like when did you get the itch to want to write in sports, like specifically in baseball, like going back, like dating back to when you were just like a little boy growing up? Because I know, like for me, like I went to my first Yankee game. I'm from New Jersey, and immediately I just went home and wrote like a journal entry about about it. I mean, I was seven years old, probably wasn't that great looking back at it, but th- that's kind of like my initial thought, like oh, I wanted to become like a writer, a journalist in in sports. Like when was your like initial thing, like dating back to when you were a little kid that wanted, like, when you wanted to get become a sports writer? Well, I wanted to be a baseball player. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it was pretty early. I would say nine or ten when I realized my friend Jimmy had uh, a little bit more talent than I did, and he was a much better baseball player. So he <laughs> had a better chance than I did. Um, he played, let's see, what is, how many games did he play in the big leagues? He made it. Um he, oops, uh, Jimmy Anderson, uh, my friend Jimmy Anderson, 
over six big league seasons, started 96 games, pitched in 122 total, so 574, so more than 500 innings in the big league, so um, it was pretty good. Uh, I uh, So that was pretty early that I realized I couldn't quite do that, and I guess in the back of my mind, it was like, oh, what do I do? do to try to go to baseball games for free because I love baseball. Right. I've always loved baseball as long as I can remember. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't even... It, it's like me when the first time I... You know, when I started liking oxygen. <laughs> same right. kind of thing. Um, just always. So, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I went to college to be... I, you know, I did like journalism in high school, like yearbook and the student paper and all that. And, you know, I was on the baseball team and I also did some writing and stuff. But the, 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 I went to college as a political science major until I took my first political science <laughs> class and realized I really didn't give a shit. Um, I just didn't care. Um, so I, I tried that. Um, and then I, you know, I, kind of went to the school newspaper just to see what was going on. And, um, I met this girl who was working there, and I was like, oh, you can actually do this. So I actually went and just started writing, and not too much longer later, I decided to my major to journalism and try it out. And uh, I got to write about baseball, which is, you know, it was the next best thing. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, so that was really when I started trying to do that. That was 1995, so 25 years ago. Um, and then just kind of my hope was to be to write about baseball, and um, somehow it all ended up that way. I mean, if you can't play it, talk it. Keep keep, keep on going. When when what do you think was like the toughest uh, aspect, uh, like in your career being a senior sports writer at the Athletic? Like, when it comes to balancing your professional career, uh, traveling all over the place, and, like, uh, balancing it with your personal life. It's not easy. I yeah. mean, I have um, an eight-year-old daughter and a wife, and um, uh, it's really tougher on them than it is on me because they have to deal with me not being around. They have to deal with so much of the uncertainty and um, figuring things out. So uh, I just, I get to do the fun stuff. And I don't know, it's not that real, it's not real fair to them. Mm-hmm. But you figure it out. Um, luckily, they're both very supportive about it. Um, my daughters know nothing else. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, she's eight. And her entire life has been, you know, that travels. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's time commitment's tough. Uh, when I'm at home during the season, I try to do a lot during the off season. I try to in the off season. I I try to make sure I kind of make up for a lost time as much as possible. But it's it's not easy, and so um, that's what I do a lot in the off season. Is I try to make up for the all the other time that I'm not around during the season, and. Um, so that's that's a big part of it. Uh, during the season, when I'm home, I get up with my daughter and get her ready to go to school as my wife gets ready to go to work. 
and um, I take her to get her ready for school, take her to school, and do everything I can. But even then, um, if I'm home, I leave for the ballpark at two thirty, so her mom has to pick her up mm-hmm. and deal with dinner time at bedtime and all those times. Um, and that's that's the best case scenario because that's when I'm in town. Um, we don't really see each other. Uh, my wife and I much during the season. So, and it's, it's, it's a pretty big time commitment. And, um, yeah, if, if I had any other actual skill, maybe I would do something else in life. <laughs> I don't know that I do. So, so I guess it's safe to say that this quarantine thing's pretty all right so far, kind of just chilling at home it's, with the wife and kids. It's interesting. Um, yeah. I've always thought that teachers aren't paid enough, and now I'm... I know even more. <laughs> so it's um, it's different. It's very different. And how is work like now that uh, everything's kind of shut down? Uh, uh, difficult. Yeah. Um, and trying to find something. And then, of course, you know, you look all around and there's all sorts of, I mean, I don't know if this job's going to exist. Right. Get back, or if baseball's going to exist. You know, if, baseball's going to come back, but I don't know if I will be employed when it is. Um, I have as much faith or more faith in my employers, my current employers, than I have anywhere else I've ever worked, but it's beyond their control. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bad time to be, it's, I mean, it's a bad time for every business, not just this oh, one. Yeah. So we're all kind of hoping for the best and unsure of what is going to happen. And if you were to kind of like guesstimate here, like everybody's kind of assuming June, July right now, possibly even August, do you, do you think that there will be baseball play in 2020? I have no clue. I hope so. I'm not optimistic. Now, what, so going back, you said 20, 25 years into your career now, what, what would you say has been your favorite uh, moment thus far in your career? Like one story, whether it was professionally writing or personally, like something happened that sticks out in your mind. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the big ones was, this was, well, it was 1999. Um, I didn't know if I was going to continue doing this. I was um, a high school writer at the Athens Center Herald in Athens, Georgia. And, um, I already had like a plan. I told my boss I was going to take some time off and, you know, my vacation days and I was going to go up to visit a friend in Boston. And he just said, Hey, Oh, I, they sent us something for credentials for the all-star game. Would, would you want to go? I mean, oh, we yeah. can't pay for you to go, but like, if we get a, you know, if you get approved and you get a credential, would, would you be interested? I'm like, uh, Yeah. And so um, he did, he applied, we were approved, and so that was the All-Star Game in Boston, the 99. Um, I'm in the auxiliary press box in right field, um, right where Ted Williams came out. And, uh, you know, we had a press conference that day, the day um, before the game, they did the big 100 greatest players thing. Yeah. And I just remember being in a room. And, you know, you go in the room and there is basically everybody can think of Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, yeah. um, uh, you know, Johnny Bench. Uh, it just, it, it was unbelievable. <laughs> and I was 
the last two people in that room were me and Warren Spahn. Oh, wow. And Spahn had just been sitting there telling stories, and I was just sitting there listening. I don't know that I asked a question in that whole time period um, because I just didn't have anything to ask. I just wanted to listen and, and soak it all in. And um, so I was just sitting there listening to Warren Spahn tell stories until someone came and said, Mr. Spahn, it's time to go. And he <laughs> left, and then I was the last person in that room because I just didn't ever want to leave it. And uh, <laughs> I guess in a way, you know, several years later, I, 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 I had um, I've been able to stay in that room, so to speak. Wow. I mean, that's like a dream come true there, like being with all those players. Like, that's kind of an interesting uh, uh, topic I kind of wanted to ask you. Like, was there ever, like, a really, like, steep learning curve when it came to building relationships with players or coaches or even the front office, being with the Reds for as long as you have? You know, I think a lot of it, it, it came from my other experiences. Um, I covered high schools. I covered college football, college basketball. Um, always with an eye of trying to get to this spot. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, and I was around before I was a beat writer. I was kind of a backup. Um, so it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was, by the time it was my turn to do it, it wasn't foreboding or intimidating. It was just something I knew I could and would do. Right. You just mentioned your favorite moment. What, what, what do you think has been, like, your most frustrating moment covering baseball, like the least favorite moment, you know, like besides, of course, like you said how tough it was balancing uh, work life with family life. But what, what's been the least favorite moment covering baseball in your career? I mean, covering baseball when there's no baseball is a pretty low <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, right. Um, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I, I think there's probably some just, like, lonely moments and when you miss home. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're on the road a lot, um, I've had some down moments throughout the years in different ways, but you know, in, in the end, I mean, it's, it is cliche to say, but it's better than working for a living. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, 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 and that's not to diminish what I do. I do what I do is work. I mean, right. I kind of always joke that, you know, they pay you for a reason and, and they do, Oh yeah. you know, um, if, if if it weren't work, they wouldn't pay me. They would right. pay me for now, which is really, really nice. Now, being in the business for as long as you have been, you earned yourself a Hall of Fame vote. Are you one to believe, because I've always found this an interesting uh, topic, are you one to believe that, you know, the likes of, like, the steroid era, the Barry Bonds, the Roger Clemens, are they, like, slowly but surely creeping their way up in, in, the, vo- uh, in the voting polls? Like, were you one of those guys who said that they should be in or they should be out? I've always voted um, for, since I've had a ballot, I've voted for Clemens and Bonds, and I I even vote for Manny Ramirez. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, my basic, um, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, now I'm not even sure I should vote. Right. Or I'm a person I should, um, I struggle with that at times as well. Um, however, when I do vote, I do try to just do my best with it. Um, so I don't, I, I do vote for those guys. My basic idea, my basic, um, belief is I vote 
based on what happened on the field. Right. And that's all I know. I don't know who um, was using. I don't know who wasn't using. Um, you know, I, I know I can, all the evidence shows that a guy like Barry Bonds used, a guy like Roger Clemens right, used. Right, right, right. Well, but what about how many of those home runs that Barry Bonds hit were off guys that were using too? Exactly, yeah. I, I just don't know. All I know is what happened on the field and um, those statistics, those games, is they still count and they still happened. And that's all I know. And that's all I feel I have. That's the only basis I feel I have to judge. Right. And I feel like the biggest argument to be made for them was that they're probably Hall of Famers in their own right without the use of steroids. Like, is Bonds the home run king? Maybe not. But I think they're definitely Hall of Famers in their own right. And it's interesting you said that you would even vote for Manny Ramirez, one of my all-time favorite players. Yeah. Would you vote for Alex Rodriguez once he's eligible? Yeah. He's one of the best players I ever saw. Interesting. Here's, here's where my Manny thing is. He was suspended, and that is where a lot of people draw a line, and I get it. You know, I get people who do vote for them and don't. Um, I understand we all have difference of opinions. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just what I'm comfortable with. You know, but with Manny, it's interesting. Um, I'm not from Cincinnati. I've lived here for a while. Um, it is colored. Uh, most of my adult life has been here now. Mm-hmm. At this point, I've been here since 2004, so 16 years. Um, a lot of that is kind of factored in. Um, when I interviewed for the first time at the Cincinnati Post to come here, <laughs> one of the questions was, did I believe that Pete Rose belonged in the Hall of Fame? And my answer then um, it's a little more nuanced and different now, but um, the basic um, basic tenet is still the same. Is yes, he had four thousand two hundred fifty six hits. Right. Um, I don't believe he should be in baseball. I don't believe he should be able to work in baseball, and I don't even know that he should be celebrated. But he had four thousand two hundred fifty six hits. That was my answer. That answer kind of. Um, so what I thought was, like, if I were given that choice, and, and quite honestly, all the research, all the people I've talked to, um, this, I will never be given that choice. But if I were given the choice, if he were to appear on the writer's ballot, um, even after the suspension, and I were asked to vote for him, my vote would be yes. So that, because I would say he served his sentence. Right. If it was... Um, you know, if it was deemed over by Commissioner of Baseball or whoever. Um, so, yes. So, same with Manny and, and A-Rod. They served their sentence. You know, I don't believe in, um, in double jeopardy. So, uh, what I know is what happened on the field, and Manny Ramirez is one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen in my life. Alex Rodriguez is one of the most, best all-around, most complete players I've ever seen in my life. I think they both... Uh, hit those the benchmarks to me of what is a Hall of Fame player. So both of those guys would be Hall of Famers to me. And it's interesting with Pete Rose. Like obviously he he bet on the game, which is a big no no. But he never bet against the Reds. Like would that would have that have altered I don't you? Know that. 
Right. No, I, I don't know that. I mean, and, and it, even if he didn't, the days that he didn't bet tells the bookies all they need to know. Right. I mean, it is affecting the game either way. Um, so I, I don't I don't see any difference whether he did or did not. Now, with given that he's now currently banned for life, we'll see what happens. Uh, never banned from the Hall of Fame, and uh, do, do you believe? Because before this coronavirus hit, the biggest story in baseball was the Houston Astros. Do you think what the Houston Astros did was equal or as worse as what Pete Rose did? I think it was just different. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't know. I, I don't equate either ones. Both are wrong. Um, I just don't. I don't see. I don't see any connection between the two. Okay. Um, malfeasance is malfeasance, um, you know. And I just don't. I don't see one justifying the other, or making one worse or the other um, um, better. It just. I don't draw a line. Now, given that that was probably the biggest story in baseball, even in sports, you could say. Uh, given the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal uh, dating before this virus broke out and basically shut down the universe, do you think that once baseball comes back, because obviously every baseball fan is just hoping for the game to come back, and you'd say the same for the NBA, the NHL, do you think that the coronavirus will help lessen the blow for the Houston Astros with baseball fans just wanting the sport to come back, or do you believe as soon as this is over that everyone's just going to go back to targeting Houston? Um, I don't know. I mean, I can see... It being less, but I don't think it's going to be, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see <laughs> it. I, I, honestly, once the games start, people will be the same as they were. Right. You know, um, you, you know it's going to be pretty similar to me. I just don't see it changing all that much. Now, when you go back, going back to you and your uh, sports writing career, like when you started out, obviously there's, there's uh, obviously the grind there, there's learning curves. There's like, were, were there ever times where you thought like, man, like I can't do this. Like, was there ever any you know, self doubt when you first started writing? There's self doubt today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, oh yeah, most certainly. I mean, I, like I said before that, going to that all-star game, I was thinking about, you know, going back to school and figuring something else out to do. I didn't know. And I was just like, no, I, I really do want to give this everything I've got. And, you know, it was not till eight years later that I actually got it, or seven years later that I got a big league beat. Now, when, yeah, and now you, you said you've been in Cincinnati for like almost 15 years now. Uh, w- growing up, uh, you were a Royals fan, correct? Yes. You're a Royals fan. Now, if you were to be given the option, what team would you have uh, uh, written for? Given Because you, you said yourself you've lived in multiple different places during your life before you landed in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't think of it as the team. Like, I was like, well... You know, um, if I went, if I covered the Braves, my wife would be a little bit happier because right. her sisters live in Atlanta. Her parents were in Georgia. I went to school in Georgia. We know a lot of people there. We have a lot of friends here. There, we have a lot of friends here. I mean, um, I love Seattle, um, but you know, there are things about that. The travel is brutal. Um, there's all these other things. So I don't honestly like. I don't think about the team. I don't. 
care what team I cover. It's all baseball. I care about covering baseball. Um, you know, you think about things differently. I think about, well, where would I, where would I want to live? Not what team. I mean, I, I, my dream job growing up was to cover the Royals for the Kansas city star. And that would be, I mean, just a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kansas City Star is one of the great American newspapers. Uh, you look at the baseball writers that have gone in and out of there, um, including two of my colleagues, Andy McCullough and uh, Rustin Dodd, who I just think are phenomenal. Um, so I just don't think of it like that. I, right. You know, when you do this long enough, like, I. It's a cliche to say I root for me. I do root for me. I root for a good story that I want to write and people want to read. That's all I care about. Now, um, I was talking to the Reds owner um, before all this started, and like at the, it was at the press conference for when they signed Nick Castellanos, and, and you know, basically I. Let me see if I remember this all correctly, but I said, what constitutes a successful season for you? And he's like, well, what do you think? I was like, I don't know. I'm not the owner. I don't don't know. Um, He's like, well, what do you think? I mean, what would you want? I was like, like, I don't really care. He's like, really? I said, yeah. I said, well, what would be best for you? You know, and he's trying to say, like, you know, in a World Series. I said, Bob, honestly, what would be best for me is that if you were – just good enough um, to get everybody interested throughout the summer and people read my stories but didn't make the playoffs because I don't get paid extra right. for that. I don't, it's, it's not my interest. I, I'm, that means more work and I'm going to get the same pay. Um, and so it just kind of blew his mind because I don't care. <laughs> just don't care. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I like when people read my stories, and um, more people will read when the when the team is good than when they aren't. So that's important. But like, whether what what you know, what color uniform they wear or what uniform they wear just doesn't matter. It, it just it just doesn't. So I can I can take it or leave it. <laughs> now you mentioned that story with. Uh, the Reds owner. Have you ever written a story or even uh, asked some questions, regardless when you're talking to players or owners or, or coaches, that have gotten you in trouble before? Because you haven't been there a long time. Yeah, you, uh, you can do some Googling. Um, <laughs> and my name and say Brian Price. All right. Um, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it happens. Right. But you know, I always, my number one thing is if I'm accurate. Yeah. And if I'm inaccurate, it's on me. If I'm accurate, then, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I mean, the only thing is, and I've been inaccurate before, and right. careless, and that's, those are few and far between, thankfully, but it's, it's happened, and you learn from them, and that's the only thing I will ever apologize for. Right. And I've also been wrong and been shown I've been wrong and like been like, oh, you know what? You're right. I was wrong. That's yeah. fine. 
So the, the last thing I want to ask you before I let you go, get, let you go back to your family here during this quarantine period, uh, as a writer, sports writer, I'm aspiring sports journalist myself, what, in your career, obviously getting back to it, uh, like you mentioned, hoping that you have the job afterwards once this is all over, because again, this has taken a hit on most of the world uh, today and the economy. What, what's your biggest goal when it comes to being a sports writer, being a, a writer for the Cincinnati Reds right now? What, what, like, what's the biggest uh, goal in your career moving forward? Um, 24 paychecks. We get paid twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Like, I had that, uh, I used to have that, uh, that was, I remember a performance review I had it the newspaper when I was at the newspaper and they're like, what is your goal for this year? And I said, 26 paychecks yeah. every two weeks. Um, honestly, that's it. And, um, I was also asked, I just remember this was at a newspaper. So times were different then and, and things were there. And I just said like, well, what's your ultimate goal? What do you want to do? And I was like, I kind of like what I do. I, I love what I do. And I don't, um, my standard line is my ego is not, big enough to want to be a columnist and it's too big to want to be a um, editor so that's kind of where i am wow honest honest answer that's again i i believe in honesty i believe in accuracy and transparency and that's uh it's not as exciting you know i i do love what i do and i don't want it to sound like i don't i really really love what i do but yeah, there are days where I don't, but that's every job in the world is like that. Um, and there are plenty of people who want the job I have, and I understand that, and good for them. Um, but I kind of want it too, and uh, <laughs> I enjoy it, and uh, I, I think it's it's pretty great. I can't imagine what else I would do, and I really hope I get to continue doing it. No, no, I can't no. wait to go to a baseball game. Yeah, oh, me too. Uh, <laughs> honest answer here uh, given that you have a Hall of Fame vote you weren't the one that didn't vote for Derek Jeter were you? No I, <laughs> I publicized every vote my, uh. that I have and um, I did I will say um, the only time I've and I was joking when I said this this was several, I guess 2015 uh, uh, makes this um, I'm a Big, I, I was born in 1975, so kind of like the two things I've loved all my life have been um, two of the things I've loved all my life have been uh, baseball and Star Wars. I love Star Wars, and when um, the um, the Force Awakens came out, uh, the premiere like a couple days they had their premiere like a week or so before it came out. And um, Ken Griffey Jr. sent me a text, uh, a picture of him at the premiere. And so I texted back and I said, if you spoil this for me, I haven't turned in my Hall of Fame vote. Right. I'm not going to vote. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that is the only way I wouldn't have voted for Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> um, and and what well, was funny is, is he... Uh, said, yeah, give me a call after you see it. And I was like, and I'm going to a midnight show. He's like, I don't care. Give me a call. I'm like, Kent, I'm going to a show at midnight. That means I'm going to get, that, that call would be at 3 in the morning. Yeah. I don't care. Call me. So I called him at 3 in the morning. We sat there and we talked for about a half hour. <laughs> 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 that was one of the crazier uh, 
crazier things uh, when you think about this career and you go up and you're going through and it's like, oh yeah, I, um, I called Ken Griffey Jr. at three in the morning to talk about Star Wars and we talked for a half hour and never in my life did I think that this is something that would happen in the world. <laughs> um, yet it did. Now, do you, did you, do you like the uh, Disney uh, Star Wars movies? Um, I really One's really great. I think um, um, The Last Jedi is fantastic. Um, I like The Force Awakens. I enjoy that. I was not crazy about the last one. Um, Solo, I liked the first time I saw it, and then not as much on subsequent viewings. Um, but, yeah, I mean... They're not like the original six, though, right? I literally just saw... Yeah, I, I literally just saw those three this year. Yeah. Original three. Four, five, and six? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I think my Twitter um, I still have on my Twitter thing is my rankings. So um, <laughs> that makes um, sense. Um, yeah, my age, and those are like anything. Like Saturday Night Live, everybody thinks when they were eighteen was when Saturday Night Live was best, and I'm oh, yeah. different. And so that's kind of like the Star Wars thing. That if it depends on your age, uh, for the most part. That makes so, sense, yeah. Yes. I understand that. Eddie Murphy, obviously, like Pete Davidson, doesn't hold a candle to him. Sure. <laughs> well, Trent, thanks so much for uh, talking to me today. I really appreciate it, and hopefully uh, you guys are safe back home, and hopefully we can all get through this together because this is a crazy, crazy world we're living in right now. We are. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the interest and, uh, and listening to me uh, just kind of blather, so... Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.